Welcome to this week's virtual drasha. This week we have the incredible privilege to read Parshas Vayigash. And we read of the emotional reunion between Yosef and his brothers, Yosef and his father. You know, it's interesting because even though we know these stories, we know these stories well, it's not like we're waiting with bated breath how it's going to turn out, what's going to happen. We're acutely aware of the storyline of how all of the events unfold yet the drama, the beauty, the challenges, the difficulty, the emotion are acute each and every year. And the Torah tells us about one especially moving reunion. The Torah says, this is in Perek Mem Hei Pasuk Yodalit, chapter 45, verse 14. Literally translated, Yosef fell on the necks, Savari is plural, on the necks of Binyamin, his brother, and he cried, and Binyamin cried on his neck. So Yosef fell on Binyamin, cried on Binyamin, Binyamin fell on Yosef and cried on Yosef. And Rashi is bothered by, first of all, why are you talking about the neck? Just say they cried. Their brothers embraced such an emotional reunion and they cried. But it doesn't just say they cried. Yosef fell on Binyamin's neck. Binyamin fell on Yosef's neck. Not only that, but again, when it says that Yosef fell on Binyamin, it says necks. Yosef fell on Binyamin's necks, plural. And Binyamin fell on Yosef's neck. What's happening over here? And Rashi HaKadosh says something so beautiful. Rashi says, so Rashi, quoting the Gemara, explains the neck is a metaphor for the base Hamikdash, just like the neck supports the head. So the base Hamikdash, the temple, supports the head of Klal Yisrael. Yosef saw prophetically that the two temples which would stand in the tribal areas of Binyamin would be destroyed. So in this moment of brotherly reunification, Yosef mourns for that which will be lost in the tribal area of Binyamin. The first temple, the second temple, the Bayis Rishon, the Bayesheni. Hence again the neck and the plural, two necks of Binyamin. Binyamin cries over Yosef. Rashi says, why is that? A Mishkan Shiloh. This referred to the Mishkan, which was situated in Shiloh for 369 years. Shiloh was the tribal area of Yosef, Fraimenasha. And so Binyamin cries over what he sees prophetically to be the future destruction of the Mishkan and Shiloh. So an incredibly dramatic idea. Brothers are reunified. We look at the Pasuk, we assume they're just crying because they're overrun by emotion. But it turns out, says the Gemara, they're also both crying because they recognize that the pain is not over. Yosef cries over the pain of the two destroyed temples in his brother Binyamin's portion. Binyamin cries for the pain of the destroyed Mishkan in Yosef's portion. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe Zechitzatik V'Kadosh Lebracha asks a simple question. He says, I don't understand. Why is Yosef crying over Binyamin's destroyed temples? And Binyamin is crying over Yosef's destroyed Mishkan, the destroyed tabernacle. Why doesn't Yosef cry over his loss? Let Yosef cry over the Mishkan in Shiloh that's going to be destroyed. And let Binyamin cry over the two Batemiktosh, the two temples, which will be destroyed in his tribal area. And the Rebbe says something absolutely beautiful. The Rebbe says, when you see someone else who is suffering and you see someone else who is having difficulty, we are required to exhibit empathy. You see, many times in life, when I see someone else struggling, there's nothing really I can do to alleviate their struggle. There's nothing I can do to help them with their problem. There's nothing I can do to go and help them with a solution. 
So what am I obligated to do when I see someone else struggling? The Rebbe says, I'm obligated to be empathic. I'm obligated to be compassionate. I'm obligated to emote a sense of empathy, concern. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. So that's what's happening over here. Yosef goes ahead and sees the destruction that is going to happen in his brother's tribal areas. Binyamin Nebuch, I see prophetically the destruction of the first base Amikdash, the second base Amikdash. Binyamin cries for Yosef, I see your pain, the destruction of the Mishkan and Shiloh. But says the Rebbe, you can cry over the pain of another. But when it comes to your own challenges, you cannot sit there and cry. When it comes to your own life challenges, my obligation is to figure out how do I resolve it? How do I resolve my challenges? If I can't resolve them, how do I navigate my challenges? I can't sit and cry for myself. I can't sit and feel sorry for myself. I can't sit and simply lament the nature of my circumstances because I am obligated to seize the reins of my life. I am obligated to take the wheel. I am obligated to do whatever is within my power to right the ship. That is my sacred duty when it comes to my life. For other people, you can cry over their tsaras. For your own tsaras, for your own difficulties, don't spend your emotional energy crying because crying is not going to change a thing. Utilize your energy, divert, channel your energies in ways where you can make a difference in your circumstances. As such, says Rabbi, now we understand it. Yosef cries for Benjamin's loss, but he doesn't cry for his loss. Yosef also sees prophetically that the Mishkan and Shiloh is going to be destroyed. But he figures, what could I do? What could I do to potentially avert that? What could I do to potentially change that? Or if I can't change it, what could I do in order to make myself and to make my offspring stronger so that, that we can make that challenge, we can make, meet that challenge on our own? And Binyamin sees the destruction of his own temples as well. But I can't cry over that. I have to figure out how to navigate that. I have to figure out what to do with that. I, but for Yosef's challenges, my brother, I feel for you. I love you. I feel your pain as if it were my own. I wish I could help you, but I can't. But I could give you my compassion. And this becomes an incredible model of life. Now, to be clear, there are times when we see others suffering where we can lend a hand and we can make a difference. There are times where I could actively help someone else in the midst of their difficult circumstances. But very often in life when you see someone in dire straits, often I can't help them. What do you do when you can't help someone? You give them your heart. You allow them to feel that you are right by their side. You give them your compassion. You give them your empathy. You give them an attentive ear, a listening ear, a shoulder to cry on. You give them an embrace. You give them a kiss. You give them whatever they need so that they don't feel alone. But what I'm really communicating is I can't fix your problem, but I'm right here by your side. But when it comes to our own issues, our own challenges, our own difficult circumstances, we cannot utilize our precious personalistic energy crying and lamenting. Instead, we must figure out how to take the reins, how to take the wheel, how to try to take control of the situation, and how to devise a resolution and a solution. This incredible and awesome and important life lesson learned from Yosef and Binyamin, each one crying over the pain of the other, but neither crying for the pain of themselves. Because the tears spent in lamenting one's circumstances is wasted time 
and wasted energy. When it comes to our own challenges in life, we have one mission and one mission only. Try to navigate, try to go ahead and solve, try to address to the best of our ability. Wishing everyone a good Nerev Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.